Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. Uh, On today's episode, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question, and the question is, what is the difference between God's discipline and God's punishment? Wow, This uh, this is a really important question. And to be honest, one can't even begin to read the prophets in the Old Testament without dealing with the fact that God chastises his people. In fact, this is something that the Lord did throughout the whole entire Old Testament, and it's something that God continues to do today, even uh, among his people redeemed by his blood. Hebrews 12, 7-11 says, If you endure chastising, uh, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This passage from Hebrews is a perfect commentary on Isaiah 27, 7-13. And we read in Isaiah 27, 7-13 of the punishment of both the foreign nations and Israel. And both had sinned by turning to idols for security and prosperity. But in the case of the foreign nations, God punished them. While he disciplined Israel for its disobedience and brought it to repentance. You see, when God takes vengeance on the reprobate, um, he has no other aim than to destroy them. For Romans 9.22 says, They are vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. But when he chastises the godly, he restrains his wrath and has another and a totally different object in view. He wishes to bring them back into the right path and to draw them to himself through repentance. And some who think that God no longer disciplines his children argue that Christ bore uh, the stripes for our sin and so we no longer suffer under the rod of our Heavenly Father. But it's interesting in Isaiah 27 verse 9, the term expiated to give satisfaction for sin is used in reference to chastisement. In John Calvin's translation of Isaiah 27, 9, it says, Therefore, in this manner shall the iniquity of Jacob be expiated. And if we do, as implied here, satisfy God for our sins through punishment, then our theology concerning Christ's satisfaction is indeed altered. But this is not what is meant here or in any passage with regard to discipline. God's discipline does does not cover over our sins, for only Christ's righteousness will do that. Rather, it is a way, discipline is, that God roots out the sin in our lives. And by making us suffer and convicting us by the Holy Spirit, God brings us to an acknowledgement of our sins. In no way does discipline bring satisfaction, but it does prepare us through repentance. As Calvin says, chastisement expiate our offenses indirectly and not indirectly because it leads us to repentance which again in turn brings us to obtain the forgiveness of sins and so isaiah 27 7 through 13 tells us that discipline caused the jews to repent of building all uh, altars to idols and to return to mount zion 
where they were to offer worship to the Lord. And so we can say that the purpose of discipline is to expose our sin, to bring us to repentance, and to reinstate the true worship of God in our lives. And so if if you're under divine discipline today, I urge you to repent and to memorize uh, Psalm 94.12. But we need to say a little bit more about this topic, because biblically speaking, wisdom involves both the knowledge of truth and the right application of biblical knowledge. And it's not enough to understand the truth. One must know how to rightly apply the truth to our particular life situations. And this doesn't mean, to be clear, that the standard of right and wrong changes according to the whims of human beings. But what it does mean is that the same truth does not necessarily have the same application in all situations. And this is, a, uh, this is particularly clear as we look at the book of Job and when we consider the response of his friends to suffering. Oftentimes what Job's friends tell him is true, but they're making a wrong application or a wrong deduction from it. Job 5.17-27 is a great example of a true statement that Job's friends apply incorrectly to Job's particular situation. In Job 5, 17-18, Eliphaz notes that the discipline of the Lord is a blessing that should be embraced, that although he may bruise, it's only for a season because he will then bind up the wounds of his people. And with this statement, Eliphaz is teaching nothing different from the rest of Scripture's teaching. In fact, that God's children receive discipline proves they are God's children. Hebrews 12, 7 through 8 notes that it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. And though we, we may find it difficult to receive it as such, divine discipline is a mark of our Creator's love for his people. And the error arises when we view all suffering as punitive discipline. Eliphaz, speaking for Job's friends, wrongly sees the suffering of Job as proof that he is being chastised for specific sins. And he goes on to to note that those who are righteous will persevere through the discipline and experience full restoration in Job 5, 19-27. And yes, the righteous will persevere, but Eliphaz has no category for non-punitive discipline, because he has no room for God's disciplining his children in a, in a more general sense that enables them to learn of the sufficiency of God. He has no room for the discipline of the Lord as being anything more than a reality in which all suffering proves the existence of a specific sin. And yet, Scripture, on the other hand, has a role for non-punitive suffering as a form of discipline in the life of his people. After all, Jesus, the sinless Son of God and the Son of Man, endured a non-punitive form of divine discipline, for the Father allowed him to learn obedience through what he suffered, Hebrews 5.8 tells us. So truth, we can say, if wrongly applied, can actually do more harm than good. Job's friends were not wrong that God disciplines his children, but they did err in viewing all discipline in punitive terms. You see, such a view is important to understand because... Uh, that Job's friends were uh, gave poor counsel. A, a mark that makes people look in vain for the sin that, it, that has led to their suffering and prompts them in feelings of a false guilt that they're trying to explain their suffering. And so we need to take care, not only that we understand the truth 
from God's word, but that we're applying the right medicine because we understand the meaning of the words that we're using, and we're learning then how to apply the biblical truth to our own lives and also to others. Friends, this is really, really important because many people that get this wrong, they struggle greatly with assurance. And we have to be clear. Romans 8, 31 through 39 is very clear that we are held secure by in the hands of a sovereign God. And yet our fellowship with God can be hindered if, or, if you prefer, disrupted by our sin as Christians. What that means, that's why uh, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so if you're under divine discipline, if you're living however you want to live as a Christian, please, you need to repent. Please, you need to go and get some help and talk to a trusted brother if you're a man or a trusted woman if you're a lady and get some help walking through issues of your life. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.